Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 34, verses 27 through 35, called With Unveiled Faces. We'll read in 2 Corinthians 3 that we move from one degree of glory to another as we spend time basking in the presence of our God. We're like that city on the hill. We're a light that shines to people. People see our good works and glorify our Father who's in heaven. Moses did not even know that he was shining. And you may be asking, well, what, what exactly, what was, what was going on in Moses's face? Well, the expression actually refers to rays of light. As a result of his face-to-face encounter with God, Moses had some sort of halo of glory or dazzling beams of light that were actually shining out from his face. And this wasn't a good suntan Or, you know, we might say, oh, that person is glowing. And what we mean by that is, oh, they look so happy today or cheerful. They must have had two cups of coffee because normally they don't look like that. (laughs) But that's not what's going on here. This is not a metaphor or a a figure of speech to say Moses is happy or content or he's looking forward to some pancakes or whatever. That's not what's going on here. Moses is literally radiating the glory of God. So much so that the people are afraid of him. And the beams of light are coming out from his face. And he doesn't even know it. Some scholars have suggested since when God comes down on Mount Sinai, it looks like fire on the mountain. And the burning bush is literally, the bush burning looks like fire. That maybe his face is on fire. Which seems like radical and extreme but maybe looks to them as if he's on fire. We like to say when Christians are really walking with the Lord, that gal, that guy is on fire. Can you imagine walking into a room and you look like your face is literally on fire? You might freak some people out. We talk about being a light to our world. That's, that's one way to get people's attention, right? There's a story in the book of Acts that you guys will remember. Stephen was the first martyr in the early church. And Stephen was falsely accused in Acts chapter 6 of speaking against Moses, speaking against the law, etc. And he stood before the council. And it says that when they looked at him, his face, Acts 6.15, looked like the face of an angel. Now, I don't know what the face of an angel looks like. I mean, we know that when angels show up at the tomb and show up in the birth narratives as we'll study coming into Christmas. They're real shiny if you like veggie tales, right? So why are are angels shiny? Because they spend time in the presence of God. They have what we might call uh, reflected glory. People have compared it to the sun and the moon. The moon reflects the light of the sun. So it's the moon's light is not from itself. It reflects the light of the sun. And believers, and we would include Moses here, this is a unique moment, but believers 
reflect the light of Jesus in our lives. Amen? So we have reflected light. So let me just give you a practical um, application. There are, there's question marks around what was happening with Moses' face. And scholars, based upon the commentary in 2 Corinthians 3, which we'll turn to in a moment, believe that one possible um, interpretation of what happened with Moses is that when he left God's presence, and remember, he's not going to really go up on Sinai again, but he'll be in the tent of meeting with God and meet with him regularly and then come out. So it's possible, this is one view, that Moses's face began to ebb in its illumination. That is, it began to fade. And one view is that Moses put the veil on uh, so that the children of Israel would not see the glory ebbing or fading away. And that is a possible way to see the language in 2 Corinthians 3. I'm not sure that's the right interpretation, but it's interesting. And here's the application I was thinking of. If we don't spend time with the Lord, what happens to us? Well, if we spend time in the presence of God, in worship, in Bible study, in fellowship, in prayer, we know what happens, right? We come out more filled up, more filled with the light of God, and we shine more. There's just no doubt about it. There's a little story that I've shared over the years, and this couple goes to France, and they get this matchbox, and the matchbox is supposed to uh, glow in the dark. And so they, they put it in a dark room, and you know, they just put it on the table and it doesn't do anything. And so they're trying to figure out what's wrong with the thing. And they realized there was an inscription in French and it said, if you want me to shine in the night, keep me in the light. In other words, the thing wasn't going to work unless you kept it by some light and then it would shine in the darkness. Here's the point. And I think it's, it's clear, isn't it? The more time we spend in the presence of the Lord, Seeking his face, the more our face shines. If we don't do that, we do something else called walking in the flesh. (laughs) And we end up really not shining or not shining to the degree that we would had we spent more time with the Lord. So I'm glad you're here tonight. A lot of other things you could be doing. But Moses was shining coming down from that hill. And here's another thought that I had for you. And he didn't even know what was happening, which just by way of insight means it wasn't hurting him. It wasn't like a bad sunburn or he felt fire on his face or he felt hot. No, none of that. He didn't even know what was going on. The people saw it in Moses, but Moses didn't know it. And here's a second application. When you are shining for the Lord, you may not know the impact you're having on other people's lives. But by simply having, and I shouldn't say simply, this is profound, but by having the Holy Spirit living inside of you and spending time with the Lord, there's going to be a reflected light that comes out of your life that you may not realize what's happening. And sometimes we don't always feel it, right? So we're like, well, did I really live for the Lord today? Was I, did I do the right things? Did I make an impact? But the truth is, that just spending time in God's word and in prayer and in worship, there is an inevitable impact in your life. You may not know it, but other people will see it. And I think that that's something just to remember, even if uh, you don't always realize the impact that you're having. And so Moses was 
aglow. Mo was aglow, and he didn't even know. How do you like that? Now, I do think that we need to be spiritually recharged as much as possible. Uh, the, the main idea here is the word glory, that the glory of God was showing on the face of Moses. We'll see that in 2 Corinthians 3. And the word for glory in Hebrew, let me remind you, it's doxa in Greek, D-O-X-A, as we transliterate it. And in Hebrew, it's kavod. And if you're interested, it's K-A-V-O-D, kavod. Now, if you study the ancient picture language, what Moses would have written, kavod means this, to open the door within. That's the word for glory. It has the idea of what's weighty, substantive, uh, heavy, we might say. You know, what we put real true value to, weight to, has the idea of value, weight. But in the original language, it means, get this, to open the door within. Now think about this. When Moses is shining, what did it reflect? It opened a door. What kind of door? Well, it gave people a look at the glory of God. Now, how one responds to the glory of God is a key issue. The glory of God is seen in creation. The glory of God is seen in the gospel. The glory of God is seen in the person of Jesus Christ. He was the light shining that enlightens every man, right? We beheld his glory. There's only one other place that it says in the entire Bible that I know of that someone's face shone in that language. Do you know where it is? It's on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. Let's flip over there just for a moment. Matthew 17. We're doing good on time. And this is the famous Mount of Transfiguration. You say, what is that? Well, this is the mountain that Jesus went up and he was transformed in a miraculous way involving light. And uh, we pick it up in 17.2 of Matthew. It says this. Jesus, Matthew 17, 2, was transfigured before them. Peter, James, and John were the ones that were up there. Matthew 17, 2. He was transfigured before them, and what happened? His face shone, same language as Exodus. How? Like the sun. And his garments became as white as light. And get this. And you know who was there? The dude that had experienced his face shining. Because up there was Moses and Elijah. And they were talking with Jesus. We won't get into all the details of that. But skip down to verse 5. While he was still speaking, Peter wanted to make some tabernacles, which he wasn't way off because that's where you house the glory. A bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground. And they, like the Israelites in Exodus, were terrified. And Jesus came to them, touched them, and said, Get up and don't be afraid. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's teachings. 19 chapters later! We know sometimes you hear Pastor Michael mention slides or give other demonstrations, and we have made sure you have access to all the videos from his Sunday sermons. The modern application could be the power of the sword with, for example, a police officer. Watching the videos can also be a good way to see how animated Pastor Michael can be. Even if you have to gulp after you've prayed it. And Lord, one more thing, not... My will. You can watch the video from today's teaching when you visit walkintruth.com. We also live stream one of our Sunday morning services. Pastor Michael believes fellowship is important, so he prefers you attend your church on Sunday mornings. Or you can visit our church, Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Before we jump into it, would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the youth upstairs enjoying a little bit of a party and celebration. But Pastor Michael understands some circumstances make it difficult to attend church services in person. So, you are invited to watch our 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time service. God is not caught by surprise. A golden calf, I can't believe it. Moses may have been, God was not. To watch Pastor Michael's teachings live, hear the worship music and fellowship from where you are, follow our YouTube channel. You can find the link and information on walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Jesus is coming again. Do you believe it? We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Peter wanted to make some tabernacles, which he wasn't way off because that's where you house the glory. A bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground. And they, like the Israelites in Exodus, were terrified. And Jesus came to them, touched them, and said, Get up and don't be afraid. Back to Exodus So I don't think that Moses' face looked like the sun shining in its strength. But there's one other account that comes to mind, and it's the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. And on the road to Damascus, you guys will remember that when he describes the event of Acts chapter 9, he says that when Jesus appeared to him, his face looked like the sun shining in its strength. Now, if you've ever just looked up at the sun and just, you know, kind of stared at it, you know how powerful the sun can be. And you know what happened to Saul, right? He was blind as a result of that interaction. And he didn't eat anything or drink anything for three days. I'm pretty sure he didn't drink anything. I know he didn't eat anything. The Lord spoke to Ananias. You guys remember the story. Go to this house on the street called Straight. There's a man there named Saul. He's praying and etc. And Ananias has a little dialogue with the Lord. I'm not sure if you're up on current events, Lord, but this is the guy that's persecuting your church. You really want me to go over to his house and ring the bell and ask for a Snickers bar? I mean, what am I supposed to do here? No. He is a chosen instrument of mine 
and I will show him how much he must suffer for me. So Ananias shows up and he says, Brother Saul, calls him brother, the Lord who appeared to you on the road has sent me over to you. And he prays for Saul. Get this. And something like scales fell from his eyes. Saul, who became Paul, had a veil over his heart. He's going to talk about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And that veil fell when he turned to the Lord. And that's what happens whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil falls. See, in Luke 24, when Jesus is talking to the uh, disciples, it says he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. There's a way of seeing, a way where the light impacts that's different. Uh, Some of you read the Bible before and you're like, I can't make heads or tails of this. I have no idea what's going on here. And then all of a sudden, something happened to you. Like scales fell off your eyes. And you begin to see it. Well, Moses comes down and he's shining. The people are fearful. And let's just take a look. Uh, they were afraid to come near to him. This is, we're picking up in verse 31, back in Exodus 34. Moses called to them, Aaron. Aaron needed some uh, time, right? Almost like Peter in the New Testament. Aaron needed to be restored. Aaron, all the rulers in the congregation returned to him. There's a key word, brethren. They returned. That's the idea of repentance right there. They returned to him. Remember they had said previously, as to this Moses, we don't know what happened to him. He walked into fire. People don't walk into fire and come out. After all, and it's been 40 days. Where is the dude? Well, here he is. And he's shining. And the people returned to him. And Moses spoke to them, 32. And afterward, all the sons of Israel. Now here's you know, what we would say represents the nation now, came near. And he commanded them to do everything that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. Remember, he didn't have a chance to speak what, what he had been told because when he came down with the law, what were they doing? They were in, involved in breaking commandments and he smashed the commands. So now he's coming down, it's take two. Didn't go very well on take one. Take two. Here he comes again. Now they're more receptive. Now they turned, returned to him. Some of you need to do that tonight. You need to turn back to the Lord. Return. Do the works that you did at first. So when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Why? Well, we know he was shining and we know they were afraid. And some people have said, well, maybe Moses was a bit timid or self-conscious or he didn't want them to see the glory fading away. Those are all conjectures. Some of them are based on some evidence. But I think here's one possibility. Moses knew they were afraid. And there are some scholars that believe that Moses veiled himself to keep judgment away from the people. Because remember, the glory of God, when you look upon 
No one can see my face and live. And there were all kinds of warnings about don't let people touch the mountain. Don't let them get too close. And there, there's one view, I'm just throwing it out. I'm not gonna be dogmatic on it. That it was an act of mercy, that the veil was an act of mercy. Now, you might be asking, now wait a minute, Moses lived a lot longer, so are you telling me that in everyday life this dude walked around with a veil over his face for the rest of his days? I don't think so. I think the veil over his face became the veil in the tabernacle, separating the holy place from the holy of holies. That's just my point of view. But it would be weird, you know, for Moses to be walking through the camp for the rest of his days in everyday life, and a little kid would say, Mommy, why is Moses always wearing a mask? You've been listening to With Unveiled Faces, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 34, 27 through 35. Of course, if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. You can subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have on his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, you may wonder, why was there fear in the Israelites to see the face of Moses? Well, we've made some suggestions here that the glory of God was manifest in Moses's face. And we, you know, we, we made some suggestions in this message about what that could mean and what message that was sending. We have to remember that in the old covenant, um, there wasn't the same relationship. We couldn't approach the same way. The book of Hebrews actually talks a lot about this and talks about how the new covenant is superior to the old in our access to God. So I want you to imagine going behind the veil into the Holy of Holies. Only one man could do that and only once a year. Access was very limited. Now in the new covenant, we have direct access through the blood of Jesus into the Holy of Holies. That was really unheard of for the lay person and even the average priest who could minister in the courtyard and even go into the holy place, but not the Holy of Holies. That was only the high priest and only once a year, and he had to do everything right. Now that veil is torn, and maybe there's a connection from Moses' veil to that veil. Now the way is open, and now we come through our greater mediator, superior to Moses. His name is Jesus. Can I just say, have you met him? You know, if you haven't met him, there's a barrier between you and God, and it's sin. Your sin was nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ, but you've got to appropriate that or receive what he did for you. It's a gift. It's been paid, but you've got to cash the check, as it were, to use some of our language. You've got to receive it. You've got to accept it. But more than that, it's more than that. You've got to repent of your sin and trust in Christ. And when I keep saying you have to, 
I mean, this is how you get saved. You come to know the one who paid the ransom for you. You you go with him. You say, I will go with this man. To use Old Testament language, you say to the wedding um, proposal, yes, I will. I do. That's what makes it official. And that's when you're born again to a living hope is when you trust Christ as Savior, Lord, King. And you say, Lord, I want to follow you. Teach me your ways. Save me. You know, he's so faithful to save. So if you want to know more about salvation, would you reach out to us? We have an email that we give out uh, where you might ask a question or let us know that you prayed to ask Jesus to be your King and Lord and Savior. Remember, there's no perfect prayer, but it does take repenting of your sin and trusting in Jesus Christ, who he is, what he did, and following him. And uh, you can reach out at contact at walkintruth.com. Send us an email, contact at walkintruth.com. Well, we're so glad you've joined us for the book of Exodus, and we'll be right here, Lord willing, tomorrow to look at more of Unveiled Faces. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, please consider becoming a monthly Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for $5 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. Join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 34, verses 27 through 35, called With Unveiled Faces. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.